0: Hot topics here. Anything that's kind of changed in any of the league rules. I don't obviously follow uh, baseball as much, but I know... Uh, I was watching talking, talking to a friend yesterday, mm-hmm. and, you know, he brought it up that uh, there's these new uh, changes that... Uh, the only one I overheard was the clock.
1: Huge different clock
0: was uh, the only... 30 change. minutes. The gear shaved off 35 minutes, 30 minutes per game. So how long was it before? So... Previously, or they did the average. It was about three hours and ten minutes, give or take. Yeah. And now this, uh, yesterday with opening day, they averaged about two hours and about 40 minutes per game. Some games were quicker even. Yeah. Some games went longer too, right, with extra innings or high-scoring affairs. But for the most part, there wasn't too many violations. The first one went to Strowman, of course. <laughs> But uh, other than that, there like you know, there were some calls here and there, but for the most part, people loved it. Yeah. I mean, taking off 30. and it's not the gameplay that they're actually losing. It's just the extra bullshit you spend. They did a side by side comparison of like a game from last year and a game from this year. By the time they got in five pitches for the game this year, they' would only got to pitch number two for uh, <laughs> the game last year. It's crazy. So it makes such a difference, like if you're a fan watching the game, right? Like you, people have been complaining about years that baseball's not fun to watch anymore. There's too much dead time. The lack of excitement's gone, right? So it's nice to see. Like we personally play baseball too, right? So we know how fun it can be when the game when there's action, though. Yeah, there's just guys hitting bombs or strikeouts. It's great for the stats or whatever, but it's not actually fun for someone in this. Uh, you know, you're taking care of your kids or something in yeah, the game and true. there's just nothing going on the whole time, right? Yeah, so, I think that's one thing we always talk about baseball and then it being too slow to watch, but fun to play because you're like in there. Like obviously, if you're the person playing in these national baseball, uh, you know, games. You're obviously having fun yourself. <laughs> you're out there in the field. You're doing something. The fans, you're just sitting there and hoping for excitement and Obviously, baseball, that's just the kind of sport it is. You're just relying on one guy to hit the ball. The ball only moves so much. So, obviously, hopefully, this does kind of get more people kind of interested in it just for the benefit of not – like, how long was the game before total? I can't even remember. Well, the thing is baseball, like, unless – to be honest, I watch more Blue Jays than anything else, right? They did fantastic. They held on, but they got the win. Um, but just in general, baseball has become a slower sport to watch. So if you're, if you're watching, if you're really sorry, the average fan watching a game right now, you're not going to watch something that's over three hours with that limited amount of action, right? No. Especially kids today with their screen time and everything else, you're not going to be able to keep their attention and focus for three plus hours, yeah. right? And, maybe, and even like sports like basketball, NHL, they average about two and a half hours for a game right now. There's a lot of back and forth especially with basketball that we have on right now and hockey and such as well. And even football, like everyone, you know, it's not as much game play, but there's still more action and to talk about. And there's so many other things that make the sport so much more enjoyable to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. And baseball, when there's nothing going on in baseball, there is nothing <laughs> going on in baseball. There's just guys taking, you know, the hitter calls a timeout. Cool. Yeah. Pitcher calls a timeout. Cool. Pitcher throws, uh, tries to you know catch the guy on first or second. Okay, now you restart the thing again. By the time you get one pitch off, it's already been like over a minute of absolutely nothing Nothing. going on, right? So if you're to stand on a hot summer day and you've taken your kids out and the whole family's out there, how boring is that to watch? Yeah, right. Like that's true. So I think it's. I mean, it's great to see. I know there's some other changes where they got the shift or banning the shift in some way and some other rules, but. I think the biggest one that I've definitely seen, the most obvious one that made a difference is the shortened game times. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So that's at least one of the biggest changes I think we've seen so far. There hasn't been too many in any of the other sports as of right now. Uh, Let's go down to just, uh, again, we'll just kind of touch up again on the playoffs for NBA just because they are in a pretty – you know, fight or flight for most of these teams right now to get into that play-in. Looking at both sides, obviously, there's a lot of teams that are fighting to just just get that last spot, that 10th spot. That's going to be a big fight right now. And cool. you can see on East and West, there's... East and West, I mean, who would have thought that... Detroit, not Detroit, sorry. Uh, Chicago and Washington <laughs> fighting for the... Who gets their ass kicked in the play-in. Chicago, I kind of like. Chicago I was, was their choice, more, yeah, I was expecting a little more of them to actually make somewhere in the playoffs. But Washington, I didn't even—they weren't even a thought in my mind of being a team that I was going to run it deep. And now something's up with Beal. I mean, it was a quick line. Was something with a fan, right? That yeah, They're investigating right now, yeah. but I mean, there hasn't been too much. I don't think there's any physical confrontation as far as any uh, punches are thrown. I think mm-hmm. it was just some stuff said back and forth. The guy apparently, the fan apparently said that Beal cost him a bet. (laughs) (laughs) Beal's like, I don't play for you. (laughs) Straight up, which is the honest truth. He doesn't? Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of players have kind of gotten upset at, you know, fans saying shit about Mm -hmm. like, hey, oh, you fucked me in fantasy or you did this to me on this thing, but... They're going to play to what they're going to play to in every day and every game is going to be different. We're just expecting the most out of a player each fucking game. Well, do. now though, with all the the new betting rules and things, you can bet on so much more, right? You're yeah. definitely seeing more fans get upset with players after losing games, after teams losing games, right? Yeah. Even in like fan situations, there's been a lot more instances of guys getting into it with fans like Draymond, the Russells, right? They're all... And it's and I mean that's justified. It's not like they're complaining or whining. The fans are saying some shit they shouldn't be shed. So, yeah. I get it. But just going back to Beal and the Wizards and everything else. I mean, I didn't I mean, do you really want to play for the 10th seed like just to just to lose to Milwaukee or, or the Celtics in the first round? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I was them, I would just go for a tank right now. No offense. But they got nothing to play for. I mean, they same like same thing with the what do you call it? The Portland Terrible Blazers. Yeah. You got Damien Lillard having one of the best seasons of his life, if not the best season. Yeah. The team like 32 wins. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel bad for the, both teams in a way that they should have traded Beal and Lillard. Not saying that Beal's as good yeah. as Lillard, but yeah. the contracts and the situations are similar. Played for one franchise all their years. They've had great years, and then they got signed to contracts that are now making it hard. I mean, I can see Lillard having more value. But in a few years, you're gonna be paying this guy like sixty million for someone in his mid thirties. So that's a risk on its own right now. No, you're right. It kind of sucks for him right now, just because he was. That, he's actually still one of my favorite players. And when him and Beal were obviously playing together, that was uh, a totally different team. Beal and him played oh, together. Oh no, not him. Uh, Wall. You're talking no, about John Wall. Not even John Wall. It was who was it? Him John- and CJ. Yeah, I was CJ. Yeah, McCullough. Yeah, McCullough. yeah. When they were together. That was like when Portland, you know, was at their prime. They're you know going toe to toe with Golden State at times, and then Damn. McCollum leaves, and a few other things kind of just well, fall apart. I mean, I agree with the trade. I think it was a good trade for oh, the, yeah. what they were doing. But the yeah. problem is, that's two years in a row you wasted whether um, it's career, right? Yeah. So, and he's yeah. not. Even apparently, he's not the guy who's going to be asking out, or that's not what he plays for. Yeah. But at the same time, he's done everything in his power to be the best player. I don't think the organization has done the same on their part. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, they got some trade assets if they want to trade Anfrey, Anfrey Simmons. Maybe they got a high draft pick here, but they need other guys to step up. Nurkic has been garbage for them, really, for yeah. what he's getting paid right now. Not the same since he had his leg injury a few yeah. years back. So, But they got some good young players. It just doesn't work with Damien's timeline. I mean, if they get someone else, like, what do you call it? The Wem Wemiana, I always mess up his name. Wemby. That's Let's just go with the Wemby here, there. Dude, he's like a, he's like those two K players. He's like seven six, got like a ten foot wingspan, but he's like Durant in a way that he's just he can score from anywhere. But he's a big guy at the same time. Yeah. So other than injuries to those kind of players, like you know leg and lower body injuries, yeah. we'll see what happens. Apparently, he's the next like he's the best prospect since um, LeBron James. Wow. And a totally different looking player he's too, a freak, which is man. crazy. He's, yeah. like, he's a freak. Yeah, this scary looking guy because, you know, he's going to be able to do damage all over the court. He, exactly. <laughs> like, he's literally, you can put him anywhere on the court and he's capable of scoring on you, right? So, and but like that, you know, that's what I'm saying, going back to the Wizards and the Bulls. Why are you fighting for the 10th seed overall when you could rather be having a chance to get Wemby? Yeah. I mean, Damian Lillard and Wemby right there, that, would, that could possibly bring Portland back to the playoffs. True. You yeah. want Beal and Wemby, but... We'll see. I don't know. Washington's never really had good luck, but... Not on picks, Not on sure. picks, though. And the guys they've drafted, they've drafted, like, pretty terribly. You know, they've traded away, what, Roy Hachimura for, I think, it was some seconds and a player here or there, but you've got all these picks over the years and they haven't. Done. Who's, who have they actually had that's been drafted, that's become an all-star? The amount of wasted picks that team has had is just ridiculous. I can't even think of a single person. Every every top ten pick they've had, I swear in the last few years it just turned out to be trash. I don't <laughs> I don't see like they got Prozingis, but again, Prozingis is not necessarily a younger guy as he no. used to be. No. And you're gonna pay him big money too. Yeah. But is he real like you're really gonna lock in on a core of, like Bradley Beal and Prozingis right now and you got Kuzman becoming a free agent, he's gonna opt out of his contract at the same time, so I don't know. If I was Washington, I would just tank and see what happens because you're probably going to win the same amount of playoff games being the eight seed yep. if you end up getting all the way there then you would be not making the playoffs at all yep so we'll see we'll that's see what true. happens Man, all these some teams are smart some teams have been doing it all year but then you got teams like the hornets that are beating up on the dallas mavericks yeah so we'll see yeah. and we'll see what happened my dad dallas right there too that's exactly where my next kind of point was going to be is who out of these teams that we're looking at is actually going to fall out? You know, Dal- Dallas is right there at that borderline. Uh You just brought up, obviously, Washington's kind of tra- seems like they're trying to, you know, get that 10th spot from Chicago. I think the Mavericks have the most to lose yeah. this year. Yeah. If Luca's already frustrated, I know he's got some things going off the court with him as well. He, he you know, he alluded to some personal issues, yeah. but. You know, on the court, he hasn't been as happy. He got technical. He's—I mean—he's already. Well, the league rescinded the technical. He got lucky. Yeah. He got yeah. very lucky. It's yeah. the second time that this happened in the last <laughs> little bit here. So, and then with Kyrie as well. I mean, Kyrie hasn't been the issue at all. No. But at the same time, what Kyrie offers that team isn't isn't what they necessarily needed, right? They yep. need someone other than Luca who could score and play defense, but. They just don't have it. ever since they gave up Dorian finney Smith and haven't been able to rebound. Yeah. Lucas has not given any shits on defense. No. Like, I'm, the guy's body language is horrible. Yeah. But he's still putting up, like, 39 and 6 a game, right? So, for some reason, he looks like every year he's getting chubbier. His fitness level its hard been- to, like, look at him from when he first came <laughs> in the league as, like, a rookie to what he is right now. Like, he seems like maybe he was trying to bulk up, and now he just kind of really bulked up. He's just—I know he's been playing for a while because he played with his uh, the year like in the with Soldat, not Slovakia, Slovenia, in like the Euros yeah. and stuff like that this offseason. season. But yeah, he's got a—he's at a point in his career where I think he needs to realize that he can be a better player than what he already is. He's not as good an off-ball player, right? He's—he's yeah. he's a good shooter, but when he's playing off the ball, that doesn't quite connect as much. Uh, and he takes a lot of threes, which is fantastic. He needs to be a little bit more efficient when it comes to that. And this is just nitpicking at Luca at the end of yeah. the day, right? But he definitely needs to become a better off-ball player. Yeah. His defense is one thing that you could say is always – going. he's never going to be like an all-star defensive player. So let's get that fact mm-hmm. straight. But when you saw what he was doing last year when they made it to the Western Conference Finals, he gave a shit yeah, on defense. He, he tried on defense. He's guarding guys, he's giving effort. That's all you can ask out of Luca. He's a big boy at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Guy's like 6'7", no. right? So he's got a guy who's 6'7". He should be able to defend what better than what he has been. So if he can play better defense and uh, and improve off the ball, he's going to open up so much more for the rest of his teammates and the players that they're trying to bring in. But the, that's the second point I was going to talk about, Dallas, is who can they even bring in right now? They don't <laughs> have enough space to get a max guy, No. And they've given up, they've had such a talent drain and giving up picks. And each time they've given up a trade, they've gotten a little worse. Yeah. A little worse. Then you give up, what do you call it, Jalen Brunson? Absolutely bungled that, that trade. They had him, he would have signed a contract. They didn't offer him to him when he wanted it. And then when he really, when they did offer it to him, he's like, fuck that, I'm not taking that. I'm going I'm to, he ended up making what? 100, 100 million, double his contract. They offered it's him 100. four years. If he, if they had offered him like the four years and fifty-six million that he had originally wanted, yeah. they could have had him for that. And now they lost him. They lost Dinwiddie. They lost Dorian Finney-Smith, and that's great. You got Kyrie, but Kyrie only gives you so much. He's a great offensive yeah. player. He's not going to give you anything on defense to make your team better, and he's not going to play like a high percentage game. Like nope. If you're obviously looking for a guy that might have to play on days that your star player like uh, Luca's out. He's out half those games too, so it's been a weird little bit because they've been both been out. Luca's out and uh, Irving's playing, or Irving's out and Luca's playing. So it's kind of in this weird. The chemistry is obviously not there right away either, just because they haven't got enough time. It's kind of you know how he, uh, they put uh, Durant. Uh, in Brooklyn, that Durant, Irvine and uh, Harden, Harden. But did they ever like how many games in total did they play with each other? It was such a low number. So even when they did, they weren't like a threat really because they just didn't have that chemistry. You never knew who was going to shoot, who was going <laughs> to do what. They just had a stat the other day with uh, Brooklyn regarding that point. I think it was Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and one other guy. I I can't remember the exact name, but anyways, those three have played together, have played more games together than Kyrie, Durant, and Harden did. So since the trade deadline, up until now, those games, they have had more games combined with that threesome than Harden, Durant, and Irving. And look how long those guys had to play together. Even though I know Harden, they got a little bit later on, but... That just shows you, man. The, I mean, the fact that those guys don't play enough games is always going to be a question mark. It is. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with Dallas. I mean, they got a lot on the line. I and mean, to be honest, and Luka's this unhappy, he seems like the next uh, all-star trade target. Yeah. If you're going to be... If you're wanting a guy who's unhappy, I mean, unfortunately, Dallas got the... I mean, Dallas... Fuck this. Dallas fortunately got the title with Dirk, but they've had issues being able to keep players over the past few years and re- sign free agents and things yep. like that. So... We'll see what happens. I think that they got a lot to lose, and they need to make the playoffs and even do something in the playoffs on top of that. So. I remember when they brought in Porzingis, thinking that was going to be the game that's changer. A, <laughs> I mean, and he's like, he's he's a good player, he but good the assets player. they gave up for him and the yeah. way that he was used in Dallas was not to his optimal strength yeah. either, right? Yeah. So, and that's the thing with uh, Luca. He's a he wants the ball in his hands, and he does so many great things, but as a team. You need guys who can touch the ball, and the more they touch the ball, the more they're able to make passes, the more involved they are in the offense, the more they're going to give a shit all around. And as ball-dominant as Luca is, I think he needs to find a way to be effective off the ball in order to make his teammates better in that respect. And I know he's always going to be able to to pick and roll. He'll always be able to put up his points, and he'll get his rebounds, he'll get his assists. But if he can just become a better off-ball player and give a little bit more shit on defense, yep. he still can be an even better player than what he is. And he's fucking fantastic the way he is. So I'm still going to keep my Luka stock. <laughs> I know it's taking a little bit of a dip here, but I'm still going to hold on to that stock for a little bit. <laughs> that's true. So Next up, we got... Uh, we can hit up basically another team that's obviously been fighting pretty tough is the Los Angeles Clippers. Now losing Paul George and by Leonard Mm -hmm. they're relying on the one guy that you know has been (laughs) passed around (laughs) the league that everybody's calling uh stat patter Uh, yeah but uh freaking yeah carried them through at least one big game against a team that's also freaking trying to fight for a playoff spot right now It actually would have tied them i think it was against minnesota that game right Cause it was the recent one, right? Yeah, because I think Minnesota won uh, that. They both be at 40-40 right now. I think now. they played Memphis recently. What was Memphis, yeah, Memphis yeah, was right? Memphis. They played Not Memphis nice. the other day, and yeah, they beat yeah. them like 141 to 132, I believe was the yeah. number. But and that was crazy. Like uh, Westbrook led the team in points and assists that day. And 100% on three points made. Five for five. We went man. five for That's five. That's all I remember oh, seeing <laughs> the first stat that came out five for five on a 3 pointer I was just shocked that he even took five <laughs> wow wow uh, I mean you know what he's he's done his part he's definitely made you know um, the the right plays. he's yep. gotten better the only thing is he's a ball dominant player yes yeah um, so we'll see what happens is when when's uh, Paul George supposed to come back Shit. I did not I didn't even honestly know he was out until I saw the article on what happened with Russell Westbrook going off, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's a pretty important player, and it seems like they were starting to get on a little bit of a roll. Yeah. So what do you, if you look at the standings right now, uh, they're fifth place, right? They're yep. fourth yep. is Phoenix, and sixth is Golden State. I think there's about two games separating yep. all the teams. I think... And I've seen these Clippers do it before. I think they're gonna start resting, guys. Air quotations here mm-hmm. for all the people who can't see. Yeah, because they did that a few years ago. Remember, they would they wanted to avoid the Lakers. Yeah, and they wanted to get Luca and the Mavericks instead, and Luca almost beat them by yeah. <laughs> took him. To, I think Game Seven that time, and he had an unbelievable series. So I wonder if this year they're gonna try to pull something similar, where because if you're third. You're playing one of the worst defenses but one of the best offenses in the league yep. in Sacramento or you're playing the Phoenix Suns with Durant, Booker, yep. CP3, Aiden and whatever the flavor of the day is for the fifth, uh, fifth player in that rotation. Yep. And personally, I'm taking the Sacramento Kings. No experience. Defense is horrible. I know they're great on offense but you need to be able to play defense once the playoffs come mm. and their record against teams that are above 500 is 21 and 24. <laughs> 20, so they're below 500 team against the wow. good teams. So they're taking care of business against the teams that are yeah. good. Yeah. But the teams that are actually, I mean, sorry, the teams that are poor, they've done a good job against. But the teams that have been really good, below 500. So you come in a playoff series against POS, hopefully a healthy uh, Paul George Kwai and you got Russell and Zubac and all these guys. We'll see what happens, man. If I'm, I, I'm just just letting you know. I think the Clippers are going to pull a little bit of a tank here to try to play uh, the Kings. Yes. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, so they would just basically have to swap with uh, Golden State to just take over that sixth spot, which is a one game away. Yep. So. I think they play each other soon too, but um, so well, the Lakers play um, them, I think, next week. Oh yeah, yeah. so that's going to be able yeah. to see if the, who who's all playing when it comes down to it, yeah. but. They've got I mean, And then on top of that, the Clippers have some big games coming up. They, they end up with Phoenix to oh, finish man. their season. <laughs> that could be huge for that, how you're just saying their playoff positioning in that last game. Well, they played Memphis the other day. They're going to play Memphis again tonight. Wow. Right? Then they play the Pelicans tomorrow on a back-to-back. Guaranteed they're going to be resting yeah. one of those two days for sure. Then they play the Lakers. Huge game. A battle of L.A., baby. yeah. And then Portland, the, tank, the tanking blazer. So, that's not an issue at all. And then you have Phoenix in the, the season. And a back-to-back. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Clippers, man. Huh? All right. Looking at just kind of the, both the conferences and what's been going on, who do you think is going to be this year's MVP? I will say... But I will give it to him, dude. Right. But if Jokic wins again... I'm not going to be surprised. If Embiid wins, I'm not going to be surprised either. I still think Giannis has a shot, but he's he's looking to like the third guy right now, just with all the, just the way that everything's been happening the last little bit. So I think it comes down to Embiid and Joker, yeah. but I would give it to Embiid right now, but it's still crazy. Like with four or five games left, one guy goes on a, Crazy streak or yeah. something like that, it could sway people into going the other way, right? So, for me right now, I think it's been Giannis and Embiid just because I was like looking at who wow. are the top five in each of the uh, stat leaders. No love for you, okay? Eh? No love just because I was looking at, okay, well, who's done shit this year on overall stats, not just like the guy that's out there scoring and whatnot. So, Giannis was on, you know, points, he's one of the top five guys. Yeah. On a rebounds, he's one of the top five guys. Right. Defensively, defensively, he's been one of the top, like, 10 guys. I wouldn't say five. There's a yeah. couple guys. Embiid, even uh, Jokic has done his kind of part in there, too. But I've just seen Giannis doing a lot. And then even though they lost to that game in Boston where Tatum went off. But played on back-to-back. I and think. back-to-back. Yeah. Right? It was just Giannis was, like, when you watched his game, I was just watching the highlights and what he was trying to do to beat Boston there. Yeah. Even though you could tell he's a little gassed out in that game. He was trying his best. Trying his hard, hardest to beat. Basically, one guy on Boston that was just nonstop scoring. He'd go anywhere he wanted. Then you got Jalen Brown, who's you know rocking it since he's put right. that mask on his face. <laughs> so it's like just watching the style of play, how you're saying that it could just take one guy at the end of the season to go on a tear. Basically, that's where it's at. I would say it's Embiid to me, uh, Giannis. And then uh, Jokic is like uh, Jokic. I don't even know, honestly know how to pronounce it. name. Jokic. 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 He's go. right there on the third spot right now, and and then literally any of them could pass each other. But Embiid and Giannis, I think, are at like that rabbit in here. I would going just a, jump in. I fine. think it's uh, Yo- I mean, I think it's Embiid, Jokic, and then a little bit more of a gap between number three and Giannis. <laughs> no offense to Giannis, Giannis is so fucking good. Yeah, but I just don't think he has been like in the number one or two MVP discussion. He's just been so good all year, right? Yeah. So. I think he. I think it comes down to Embiid and Jokic, depending on how they finish the season. So we'll see what happens. But I, that's been one of the probably hotly contested debates all year over those two guys, and it's gotten pretty ugly at times too. Like this the is, thing with Jokic that I think people punish him for is that same thing that the ways that they punish LeBron too yeah. is that they compared him to Michael Jordan, for example. LeBron <laughs> and said he's not the same scorer. Well, he's probably going to be one of the greatest. If no, he is the greatest uh, scorer of all time, right? Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. I think Jokic, because he doesn't do, like he doesn't score the same way that these other guys do, yeah. people think that he doesn't do as much. Yeah. He is True. the best passing center of all time. Yeah. The best passing center of all time. Think about that. He, and Giannis and Embiid are generational players too. But I think Jokic does a lot for that team. Again, I think you're right about the defensive part. He's not the same player that Embiid or Giannis is, which you should take into consideration when it comes yep. to MVP, but I think Jokic sometimes gets the, doesn't get enough respect because he isn't same scorer. He still scores. Yep. He's much more efficient than either of them but he's one of the best passers and he does so much for his team that it's just such a huge difference. So, yeah. no, you see, Tric, I was just looking at kind of games played too, so he's already played more games than... He's available. He's always yeah. playing, right? So that counts. Available. that I mean, if, if you're going to count that into the MVP voting, he's definitely yeah. been a more durable player. Yeah. So when you see a guy doing so well on a game-to-game basis, you sometimes lose sight of the fact of how good of that player really is. Yep. You know, the same thing every single day. The consistency. He was always Jokic is always playing no matter what. Whereas sometimes right? per game, he's a leader compared to these guys. These guys are all at the one point, basically one steal uh, a game per game, and he's yeah. at 1.7 well, per game. He's got great hands, right? Yeah, he That's a, and he's hands. now using our defense. He's not going to be the s- same defensive player that a guy of Giannis or Embiid where they're able to cover so much ground. So, yeah. sometimes Jokic is going to get beat on those pick and rolls. That's just yeah. the... That's just the way it is, right? But he does a lot more defensively now than he used to. And he's such a great offensive talent that he's able to... He gives a shit on defense. That's it. You know, we were talking about Luca earlier. Yeah, he's going to get beat. But if a guy actually gives a shit on defense def- despite his limitations, that's all you can ask for at that point. Yeah. And they built a really good roster around him. They've added players that are able to cut off cut off of him, play good defense. So it's made him a better player in that respect too. And he's made them better players. True. So, we'll see. I mean, the thing with um, the thing with the West and Jokic and all this, we'll see what it comes in the playoffs. But I think it's one of those years where Jokic, in my opinion, needs to take his team to at least the semifinals. Yep. Hell yeah. And I know he's done it before, but the way the West is set up this year, he's got a team that should be able to make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. 100%. That's actually kind of one of the things I think I just noted down to – Maybe discussed was obviously who's gonna in the playoffs right now. Who's gonna be winning each of those stages? So obviously, just basically hit it on the head there that you know he's gonna have to almost surpass every stage there. Try to get into that conference final. I think that's. I think that if you say you know they made it to the semifinals, there'd be two other good teams to get there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if they play, I don't know who's gonna be that ma- matchup because the West has been just topsy turvy all year, right? Yeah you know, you wake up in the morning, you got a feeling about a certain team. You wake up the next day and they blew a 20-point lead. Yeah. So I think this is the year and they're they're by far a better team than a lot of uh, the other ones out there. They've been healthy for the most part. I know Murray's kind of been a little bit iffy, but he seems to get his groove back a little bit. So we'll see what happens. I think Porter's going to be their X-factor. If he's able to give them... Because he's another guy, and Murray as well. But their defensive is not always the best, yeah. and I, when it comes to the playoffs, you need to be able to you at least be a better to. defensive team than what Denver's to. shown this year. So, yeah. we'll see. Denver's got a lot riding on it as well. So, I, I think Jokic has the ability to take him there. He's going to need some help, but Jokic is going to have to do some heavy lifting to get to the team, get the team to where they want to be. Yeah, and I think even the next part—who's uh, going to, you know, have the most to gain or lose or uh, anything from making or you know not making the playoffs—and we obviously talked about. Washington being at that eleventh yep. spot, not really needing to jump into tenth because just the way the team is right now, it's you know not the best chance for you to go for uh, you know winning it all right now. So losing at any point of the playoffs would not be beneficial because then you're just giving away nope. a chance to get a really good uh, top pick, right? So we'll see what happens with those guys too. They're, uh, I mean, I don't, I to be honest, I would rather. I Chicago is too the to tank, but. <laughs> I mean, good for them that they're still hanging around in the yeah. same way, but I, you know, especially some years, some years it's worth it, but I feel like this year, whoever's going to end up playing the first, even if you're a sixty this year, depending on who, who the matchup is, right? Yep. We'll see uh, with the Sixers and all that. And then, you know, the East has gotten better, even with uh, Julius Randle's injury this yeah. year too. He was playing, he was probably one of the most durable players and, now he's got two weeks. So two weeks from yesterday, he's going to be evaluated two days before the playoffs start. Oh, um, um, yeah, here's a fucked up stat. Uh, so this year, every single NBA All-Star has missed a game. <laughs> Randall was the last of them. He was the only other All-Star this year who hadn't missed a single game. Oh, you're right. 77 games played. Nobody's even close to him on that. Holy shit! But that's the timid way. I think I don't know if that injury was avoidable or not. But he loves playing as starters or heavy. So minutes. what was his injury? A sprained ankle. Ooh. Two weeks. They were reevaluated. The thing with the ankle injuries, as you're well aware of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they can. You know, sometimes you get a couple weeks, you're fine. But one little tweak, you right. And especially when it comes to the playoffs, I'm sure he'll be able to tape it up. And I know he's going to want to play. But if he comes back. And he's not, you know, he's maybe eighty, ninety percent of where Randall is. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be enough to beat Cleveland right now because Cleveland's got some great players on great their team too, big. right? So, and they're going to need all they can to just uh, have a good fight against those guys. And even if they would, you know, if the Knicks do beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, their next matchup most likely is going to be Giannis, right? Yep. And then it's going to probably be. The Celtics or the 76ers, depending on what happens with the other games too, right? So, and then if you go all the way to the finals, you got to beat another team in the finals. So, yeah. uh, yeah, So, yeah. Yeah, definitely Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are definitely the top two. And then, you know, I've been following kind of what the Seahawks have been doing. They've been obviously meeting with all these different quarterbacks. And then I just started kind of researching, watching tape on like each of these guys, just seeing their videos, the highlight reels. And, Anthony Richardson, this guy is a beast. Like, I was watching some of his footage and uh, Will's footage. So, these are two guys that I can't, I couldn't kind of figure out who would be that. Thir- th- th- obviously, one of those top three quarterbacks that are going to be taken. Mm-hmm. Well, Levis has got a bit more experience as far as playing games because Richardson only had 13 career starts, if I'm not mistaken. 13 career starts. So, he only played one year last year. That was it. He's oh. raw. First half of the year, he killed it. The second half of the year, team started to figure out that he's such a raw player that they limit his running game, and he's not the thrower, right? Mm-hmm. So whichever team does take him, he's going to need a situation where they are able to rest him. Yeah, not rest him, sorry, uh, sit him down, let him learn behind a veteran QB. Yeah, and then maybe next year. But to me, he seems like the classic guy who goes from question in January. And by the time March and April comes around, everyone's debating if he's a number one pick overall or not. I don't think he is. Again, I, I follow. I don't watch as much tape of the college football during the season. I've been, you know, I've got some friends who keep up with it, and they fill me in on some of the details. So I watch more of it in the off season than the, you know, during the season. I think he's going to be a raw player. I think I'm not going to say he's a bust because that's just not fair to him. Yeah. But NFL is really bad getting quarterback situations, right? <laughs> <Like> just horrible. <laughs> so, it could be bright. I mean, you know, the year that Lamar Jackson got drafted, he got drafted, like, 32nd pick overall. Yeah. I believe Baker was the number one pick that year. Wow. I believe, like, um, so that, to me, is something where NFL does not do a good job of picking him. I mean, the sixth guy, even that Herndon Hooker guy. Yeah. People are saying that he might be a franchise quarterback. I don't think all of them are gonna be franchise quarterbacks. But if I was a team who is taking a shot on a guy like Will Levis or Richardson, I think you gotta have him sit behind a veteran QB for a year, let him learn, and then you're able to make or even, you know, let them learn most of the season and then get the few games at the end of the year. I think this is a really good rating system too, just looking at each of these quarterbacks and then seeing which areas they excel at. You could already see, like, you just brought up Hendon Hooker. So, you know, he's a really good long pass guy. Medium and short passing is okay. And then again, the rushing and scrambling we've been seeing from a lot of these top quarterbacks has obviously gone way up. I think they're just trying to follow in the footsteps of some of the guys that are making it in the league and the guys that are obviously doing well in playoffs. We've seen... Uh, uh, Josh Allen, uh, Mahomes, uh, you know, in the past, Russell Wilson when they won. Just a lot of mobile quarterbacks other than a guy like you. Obviously, guys like Brady and uh, who who's before Brady. Uh, oh, well, for Broncos, Manning, those kind of guys. Oh, like they didn't right, need right. to have the rushing side. So there is always that side of You can have that beautiful mind of, you know, knowing all the plays and defense and reading. I think reading the defense nowadays is one of the probably tougher things to do do just because, you know, we've seen like LA, all these teams that try to do like such a weird system, San Francisco, where they just really mess with you on the defense and never let you know. The preset motion, the only good quarterbacks will see that and notice even what a preset motion is going to look like or end up like. So they'll already be kind of prepared for it, whereas some of these young guys that are going to come in, if you don't know, sometimes those little preset motions right. and you do go for a run, you could get your ass stomped out basically that one play, and now you got this major leg injury or whatever kind of injury that could hinder you as we've seen now with uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, that, and that's the thing with running-style quarterbacks, right, is yeah. that they tend to have more injuries just because they're running the ball. And even though you don't, some guys are really good at being able to avoid it, but there's always so many situations that happens when you're running the ball. Yep. Instead of just being able to throw from the pocket. But the way the NFL is now is that you've got to be able to buy yourself extra space and also avoid some of these hits that um NFL quarterbacks are taking these days. Like yeah. these guys are I mean, and if you've seen the NFL, you're without a quarterback. Your team is pretty much gonna be a shit team. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right? <laughs> and look at look at the Ravens when they did with and without Lamar. They go from I mean I mean then again, the Ravens did have um, a Pro Bowl shooter, uh, QB in, yep. in Huntley. So, yep. you know, he's a game changer there with more interceptions and touchdowns. But uh, you know what? For the most part, I think if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're not going to be able to do well. Yeah. So okay. we'll see. I mean, teams are on just saying, you know, with quarterbacks and things like that in general, Lamar is probably going to be one guy that could factor into some of these quarterback plans that teams have, right? Yep. Especially at the top. We'll see if teams like Indianapolis haven't fully, well, apparently they said that they're out on Lamar Jackson, but he's a guy who could influence the draft too if he ends up signing with them, right? They don't necessarily need to go with a quarterback with a fourth pick. Yep. Now makes a team who's behind them if they want to trade up, it gives uh, Indianapolis a bit more leverage now too. Yep. True. All right, moving on just into our last little bit here for, uh, you know, we don't touch on the NHL as much just because uh, <laughs> <you> <laughs> no, know, our team isn't deep in the playoffs, so we haven't been following up as much. But and, and just for the viewers, the, the many people that are watching this today, uh, we are Canucks fans. Yeah. Painful, <laughs> painful Canucks fans. And it sucks watching a team like the Bruins just dominating the NHL right now back, back on top back uh-huh. to where, you know, they yeah. were before. look at us and where they were and look at the different paths that we've taken yeah. since. Huh? Yeah. And keeping still a similar, you know, core of guys that they yeah. just wanted to hang on to. Shifting guys that, you know, we're big players like Captain Lake Chara and all these guys and knowing that they have to move guys before it's a little too late on some players. I think that's a big thing that some teams miss out on holding a guy. It could just take literally that one extra year, maybe even that second year of holding on to that guy just a little too long and now you've screwed up. That's what, uh, Belichick was really good at and then the Patriots, right? He'd always yeah. trade guy. People be like, why are you trading this guy? He's so good. <laughs> but you trade him a year early, you've got value, right? Yeah. And then that year that they have, it's an okay year. Maybe it's not a good year. Now you've got a huge contract. Yeah. Same thing with the Bruins and what they've been able to remake over the years is their 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 uh, contract structure is really good. It's not just about drafting guys. Yeah. It's also about being able to then sign him to contracts that are actually valuable for your team, right? Yeah, no offense to the team like the Maple Leafs, for example, but they're paying like 24 million between Marner and uh, what do you call it, Matthews? Yeah, a team like the Bruins have three guys making 24 million, they're all league players. You got and Marchand is making like seven mil. Pastor I finally got a raise after his initial rookie deal, and then Patrice Bergeron's killing it, yep. He's still making his second it's still round. good, it's great. He's probably the favorite for the Selkie Award again this year is to lose. But they're a team that I think, and then the funny thing is that, just speaking of Boston in general, that division is just crazy good right now. You're going to have Toronto and Tampa Bay playing each other in the first round. <laughs> Winner's going to end up playing uh, Boston. God damn! right? Uh, and Maple Leafs is crazy because they've been doing so well these last couple years. And we've seen in the playoffs how easily they get, like, Something stuck in their head that they just can't, or in their ass, I don't know which Ooh, way it is, but I think they just can't a... get over that hump anymore. And I was actually just uh, reading an article about, uh, I don't know if you heard that movie, The Love Guru, with Michael Myers. Ooh. And he's like a guru that uh, the Toronto I didn't even know the storyline of it, the Toronto Maple Leafs bring in a guru to help them win a Stanley Cup. That's what the movie's baseline is. And the article had nothing to even do that with that. It was actually just uh, one of the bodyguards uh, from Vancouver was actually working on set. Oh. And he was supposed to be Michael Myers' uh, bodyguard. Yeah. And they told him, hey, you know what? You're going to be Michael Myers' bodyguard. They're going to be shooting The Love Guru. And then uh, <laughs> we just have one ask of you. Do not look at Michael Myers in the eyes. And he's like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm a bodyguard. Like, I have to let him know, you know, that I have my eyes on him or whatever. Right. Like, do not look at him. You'll be fired on the spot. So, you know, first day, he's like, I'm waiting outside the trailer. It's Michael Myers' trailer. Somebody walks in. He's like, I can see a guy with super long hair. It kind of looks like a wig, a fake beard. He's like, to me, it looks like Michael Myers. <laughs> but he's like, I got to kind of look at the guy and not just let any random in. So, he's like, I kind of looked at him. We con- made eye contact. Right. I gave him a nod and he went in. He's like, an hour later, I get a call and they're like, you've been fired. Just because you looked at Michael Myers and he didn't <laughs> want you or anybody to look at him. And we had told you ahead of time that it won't affect uh, you getting any more jobs to firing. It's just said that's part of the, his contract that if anybody's going to be working, you can't look at him in the eye. And then I saw at the bottom of it what the actual... Uh, The like reason of this movie was it was to hire a love guru to help the Toronto Maple Leafs win, and I didn't even go any past. uh, Did they win? I I I didn't. I didn't look at it if they won in the movie or not because it was a flop movie, which they also kind of discussed in the article. But it was funny to hear that they had a movie set that they needed to bring in a love guru for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win a Stanley Cup. Well, they're the perfect team to figure out for a flop, right? (laughs) So, so have have you been following it all? Uh, I I'm just keeping up with some. But I still take a look at the standings and stuff. But compared to say basketball or football or even, I mean, it's crazy how many how much we talk about football. We haven't had yeah. a game in like yeah. two months, right? <laughs> so who would you right now predict to be in the Stanley Cup final just by like kind of what you've seen and just stat wise um, overall right now where everybody's at? Like, seven I games. would say Colorado versus. Like, I'm gonna take the easy choice here, but um, I'm gonna go Colorado versus. Boston, ooh, ooh, I know, ooh, ooh really going off yeah. the off the book here. Yeah. Choosing, I mean, I Tampa's got the championship pedigree, so I can't yeah. call them out. Um, I don't really know. Like the thing, the really the one team that I think I have no idea how they're going to do is the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. So obviously, they're, you know, uh, all, like I've been keeping up with some like David's numbers. Absolute, like he's yeah. doing stuff that the guys yeah. used to do in the early '90s when it was such an open flowing yeah. game, right? So. But that team it's a wild card team right there. Ooh. Somebody's hurting the Lakers game on you know? no. Don't be Oh no. McDaniel. Um but we'll see I mean the Oilers are such a such a their goaltending Skinner's been great. I forgot who is the other Campbell. Campbell has not been as good. Yeah. Right? So we'll see what happens with those guys. Cause I think like McDavid could Single-handedly win a series, yeah, like no problem. But yeah. when it comes to, I feel like the NHL playoffs, you need to have more than one guy. Because oh, guys yeah. like the numbers that McDavid's putting up right now, are, like he's averaging one point, he's averaging like somewhere around one point five to two points a game right now, which is absolutely unheard, like unreal <laughs> numbers, right? So we'll see what happens when um, the playoffs come because I think they, I think they just passed the Kings to go into second place, in and yeah. they're second place. And... You go with the wild card, so they're gonna have home. The crowd's gonna be rocking. But uh, Kings have a game on hand to get a chance to get back up there. If they would win, they'd obviously. I just don't know. Like I, I don't like I said. Well, I don't follow enough hockey to know mm-hmm. the same some of the same guys. But obviously, they've done well to this point. They've got a really good roster. But they don't have a McDavid or a Dreisaitl. No, nope. they've got a really good collection of players. You know, they got our homeboy Alex Edler still playing. But other than that, they don't have a guy like McDavid who can single-handedly take over a series. Yeah. And sometimes in the playoffs, we you know we saw it when the Canucks were good so many years ago. But sometimes you can win a series with one guy just carrying your team. Yeah. But can Edmonton win four rounds with just one guy? Because that gets really hard putting that much focus and that much time on the ice for one guy throughout the season, yeah. right? So yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm honestly probably going to be watching more. NBA playoffs, yeah. NHL, to be honest, but it'll I'll be still like keep an eye. <laughs> See what it'll, it'll fill in. You know, there'll yeah. be days where maybe there's a blowout and I turn on one of the hockey games. Yeah. Third period, you know, five minutes left. So I think like the perfect time to tune in when it's a close game. But for me, I think who I'd predict right now, definitely Boston and the Eastern Conference just because of the domination. And the guys have just been staying healthy on that team. So I think they have a chance to make it that deep and they have the experience. And I think Golden Knights, for some reason, I think this team's going to get back into that position again, just the way they've been playing these last little bit. Well, Oilers just beat them like 7-4, yeah, 7-2 the other day, and McDavid yeah. ripped a patch, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking. That's what I'm saying. I think other than – and Colorado hasn't quite been the same. They've got some injuries. They've had some. They lost some players, obviously, right? Yeah. It happens when your team is so good. So, yeah. I still don't think we've seen the best version of Colorado all year. No. And if they turn it up a little bit in the playoff time, they're going to be a real, they're so, they have such a good defense. The goaltending's good. They have really good they have you know, on all three levels. And I think that's the one thing that if you're going to say Edmonton, do they have that on all three levels is the, the defense, the offense and the goaltending. Yep. So, all right, we'll see what happens. So I think that's good for today's podcast. And so we'll catch you guys next week and update you guys on what's going on in the sports world. And, I hope you guys check out our uh, golf episode uh, playing over at uh, Valley Golf Center. We're going to try to do that a little bit more, just kind of hit up different golf courses uh, locally. And uh, next time we're international again, we'll probably uh, this time actually record some stuff. Probably just record about three, four different holes and give you guys an idea of uh, what these courses are like and uh, put a little bit of a rating system on these courses so that people know what uh, they're getting themselves into. Alright guys, we'll catch you later. Alright, see you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend.